to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I am joined today by an amazing, amazing guest, Amy Novotny. Did I say that right? That's correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, From Pava Institute. So I'm actually going to leave it to you, Amy, to tell us a little bit about Pava Institute um, and what you do. Sure, absolutely. Thanks so much, first of all, for having me on. It's really an honor to be here and it's a pleasure. So the Power Institute is something that I started back in 2018. I was switching. I had my doctorate in physical therapy and I had switched from that into developing a technique that works to calm down the fight or flight nervous system to help people alleviate pain, stress, anxiety, certain orthopedic surgeries, medications, it's, it's basically a holistic way to get people to shift and transform their bodies. And so it started off as an in-person clinical setting and has shifted now into a coaching business where I work with clients all over the world. Wow. That is amazing. And so needed. That is just, wow. I I'm blown away with what you do. And can you tell us a little bit about how you actually got started doing this? Absolutely. So I started in physical therapy. And at that point I was, um, I was working in one clinic. I got recruited to another clinic to be a director. And I started taking courses through the postural restoration Institute, which looks at asymmetries in the body. And those asymmetries include your diaphragm. The diaphragm is not symmetrical side to side, and that can impact our breathing. And so I started looking at that. It was also running marathons at the time, trying to qualify for the Boston Marathon. And as I was on a treadmill, I'd run eight miles on a treadmill straight, three mornings a week, and do a long run on the weekend. But when I was doing the treadmill runs, I started playing with my breathing. Just started thinking, okay, if I breathe this way, how do I feel? If I breathe this way, how do I feel? And I got to a point where if I breathe a certain way, all of that tightness went away. I didn't have any aches. I didn't have any pain. I'd get off the treadmill and I felt like I didn't even get on and I didn't have to stretch. I didn't have to foam roll. I didn't have to scrape or all those things that I used to teach people to do. I stopped doing them. And I realized at that point I was onto something that how I changed my breathing was affecting me. But at the time I didn't realize there was more than just breathing. It was how I positioned my rib cage which impacted both my breathing and the fight or flight nervous system. And so when I started studying all three things, your body position, the nervous system, and your breathing and how they interplay, that's when I was able to develop a methodology that I started using on other people to help them get out of these pains and, and such. And it even led to being hired by a world famous bird photographer to travel around the world for six months went all the way to the Arctic, all the way to the Antarctic, helping him stay out of a joint replacement, a knee replacement, as well as he had had a fall and had an acute rotator cuff tear. So he didn't have to have either surgery because we, I coached him to keep him calm while his body was healing and I was able to go all over the world. And when I got done with Antarctica, I decided to start my business. So 
here we are. Wow, that's amazing. Gosh. So, okay, I, I have so many questions. I don't even know where to start. But let's let's go. Let's. I mean, because we ended there around about the fact that you went to Antarctica. So tell us a little bit about Antarctica, that experience, um, you know, because that I, I personally would love to go at some point. So what was that like for you? And and how did, did that actually even, that did that help you in your entrepreneurship journey? It really did. So the symbol of my company is, is a penguin logo, is the emperor penguin. And I use that because emperor penguins are known for their strength against adversity, for their transformation, for their ability to withstand difficult situations and emerge from that. And so it just became a symbol for me. Antarctica, it blew my mind. Imagine a world of only white and blue colors, but every shade of those colors. I mean, we had icebergs, you had something called sea ice and different levels of sea ice based on um, where it was, you know, and what time of the year. And so you're learning and seeing all these patterns and every once in a while you'd see some type of wildlife, like a seal, or you might see a penguin, or I got lucky and photographed a whale just as it was popping up out of sea ice and it blew its hole. And I mean, it was just incredible. And then imagine you're on this Russian icebreaker going across the Southern Ocean, you're caught in the storm, you get to the other side and you have to take this old helicopter over sea ice and land on ice in the middle of nowhere where if something went wrong, there's nothing that's going to help you. I mean, you're literally, there is nothing around. And then you track on ice to this emperor penguin colony where there's animals that have no idea what you are. They're curious. But, and we had, you know, regulations and rules that we wouldn't go up to them. You stay a certain feet away. And if they came up to you, that was okay. But just that experience and going through that, it, it launched my inner desire that I need to do more to help this world. You know, I can do photography to help with conservation and really explain what's going on, but I need to help people feel better because when people feel better, they take care of everything around them. And so that's when I launched my business. And, and yes, it does help because I can show these pictures and say, hey, listen, I got there because I was helping a gentleman. It gave me the motivation to now help the rest of the world in any way I can. Yeah. Wow. I love that. That is such an amazing, amazing story. Um, and I love what you said about, you know, when people help themselves, that's when they can help others. And I 100% agree with that, uh, that in any way that you can help yourself. And I, you know, by the way, I come from a background, you know, and I don't share this a lot, but where I was, I kind of grew up and I was being told that I, you know, in some instances that I was being selfish or I was being, you know, and that, you know, I've had to really battle and I still battle through, you know, thinking about myself because, you know, all throughout my life, I've been told this thing, but like, I, you know, the reason why I know I have to battle through it is because what you said was 100% correct. Like you, we all need to help ourselves first before we can even think about helping others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really love how you position that and, and helping ourselves could be from everything from, you know, from mental, emotional. Um, but for you, you definitely focus on the, I guess, the physical. I guess there is some mental um, as part of that as well, but it's it's a lot of it is physical, right? Right. A lot of it's physical, but as you probably know, a lot of our emotions are stored in our body. Mm. And so as you're learning to free up your body, you often feel a release of emotions and then it helps your mental state. So everything's interconnected. And 
and a lot of times my clients will be working with a psychologist or a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and getting strategies or even a life coach. And they're getting strategies to help them with their mindset and to help their mind through a problem. Yeah. But often they're lacking the, the freedom in their body. And so if we can match the body with what's going on in the mind, you have a greater coherence. It frees a person up. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Talking about mindset, um, I'm sure that, you know, you probably had your fair share, as we all do as entrepreneurs, of things that, you know, maybe you call them internal struggles that you've had to battle through as well through this journey. Can you talk to us a little bit about um, maybe an instance, a moment or something when this was particularly, I don't know, like uh, potentially holding you back (laughs) from finding, from creating your success? Absolutely. So when I first started this, I had no idea what I was doing in the business world. I had never really taken a business class, just one little one, but I didn't know anything about running a business. And I didn't think I had the ability to do it. I really didn't think that I could do that. And I didn't understand how to provide value and show up authentic. Mm -hmm. So it didn't come across salesy. I had never really enjoyed coming across salesy because it doesn't resonate with me, but I also still didn't know how to show up. Mm -hmm. And so I would go to different events and and tell everyone I could about what I do, but I was still also, I had that desperate kind of needy feel Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to shift out of it. Part of it is you're kind of desperate to start a business and get some income in. So part of it's that getting a roof over my head, those types of things. But when I started to realize as I watched people and I realized The first time someone meets me, they're not going to use my services. They don't know me, especially if they're going to trust their health with me. It's going to take me showing up and being present and just being calm and show that I can exemplify what I'm working to achieve in other people. If I can do that, then I can gain someone's trust. And it might still mean we're just friends and that's okay. And once I started shifting out of almost that scarcity mindset and that, that desperation, then I started developing, you know, authentic relationships. People got to see who I was for who I am and, and my core beliefs and values. And it wasn't so much about, okay, business this, business that. Yeah. Wow. Like, and I love that, um, you know, you you mentioned scarcity mindset because I mean, again, not to make this interview about me, but that's also something you feel, I feel like you're just hitting on all of my my buttons right now, but like, that's also something that I've struggled with a really long, long time. And, you know, the battle for me is like, as you said, a lot of us, uh, when we're definitely at the, the start of, you know, our entrepreneurship journey, there is like, we, there is the re- the realistic need to actually bring money in the door, especially if um, for you you have given up your you know your full time job, your your safety. Yeah. So how do you battle you know that, or how did you get through that sort of very real need to be able to be comfortable with like okay, it's going to take some time, um, and you know. And, and approaching it that way, like how, you know, there's this very real need for, for cash and for money, but there's also this other part of you that you know, where you know that you need that time to actually build those relationships and get yourself out there. Mm-hmm. How did that work for you? Well, I started attending different events. Some of them were paid. So seminars that were $800 for a two day event mm-hmm. um, and just showing up and learning and becoming a student 
Some mm-hmm. of them were investing and investing, I mean, financial investing, but there was also a component of personal development and investing in yourself, your mindset, all of that. I also worked with um, doing speaking at different mastermind events, mm-hmm. where again, it was a lot of personal development. So I just offered hey, I'll come speak, I'll share. And I just kept doing that over and over again. And while I was there attending or presenting, I was also attending. I listened to each of the speakers. I took in what they had to say. I also listened to podcasts every morning when I run or in the evenings when I work out, if I do some body weight lifting or you know, strengthening, mm-hmm. I will listen to podcasts. So I know that to fill those voids, to get my head and my mind out of creating some kind of fabricated story that isn't true, why not listen to someone who can teach me something where it's a learning approach instead of fabrication approach? I love that. I love that. And can you um, talk us to an example of that? Because I, I love what you said, like a learning approach versus a fabrication. So what was something that you maybe, was a story maybe that you had in your mind that you were fabricating? Um was it around scarcity or was it something, was it around something else that you can point to? I think it, it definitely had the vibe of scarcity. It was more that who am I to actually do this? And no one is going to want to use my services. Mm. Like they can just go somewhere else or I'm not unique enough. Yeah. And it really took me getting examples of different clients I had and seeing, okay, this person was scheduled for surgery two weeks later, they are not doing surgery. And I had to replay that scenario in my head and say, you know what? It changed someone's life. They don't have the surgical recovery. They don't have the risk of infection. They don't have part of their body cut open or rearranged. Like they are still intact. Okay. This means this works. And I just had to keep thinking about that. So whenever my mind started to wander that, oh my gosh, I don't have enough clients and, you know, everyone got better. What am I going to do now that now that everyone's healed? Like I had to keep replaying that over and over again. That is awesome. That is such a cool, cool hack. Um, And for any of our listeners that could take this up because I, uh, I'm going to start practicing that myself too, <laughs> uh, because we all know, like we get into business because we all know that we can help in some way, we can serve in some way. And sometimes we lose sight of that, right. With these real life needs that we, that we find ourselves, you know, requiring, we, we need cash and we need, and we're getting stretched in all these ways and we don't have time and we're exhausted and all these things are happening. And sometimes we just need to center ourselves with, Hey, like this is actually the impact that you're having on real people. So I, I really love that. Um, wow. So our, our listeners believe in the power of storytelling to create human connection. And you've just told us like numerous stories that make you remarkable, really. Um, so can you share with, like, do you currently share this with your own audience and, and how? So a little bit. I, I usually like to spend time sharing stories of others or Mm -hmm. interviewing others. I do with my audience, I do have the email list that people can jump on and I'm trying to teach them things about their body and how to improve. Or, you know, I have a free guided breathing Facebook group where usually I'll start it off by talking about maybe someone I've interviewed just to get a tidbit of health and try to share that with people before we go into a calming breathing, um, you know, few Mm -hmm. minutes where we calm a person down at the end of the day. So there are times where I do use storytelling and especially when I'm trying to 
convince an audience that they have more power within them. I definitely share stories, especially when I'm speaking on a stage. I use those stories all the time because that's how people connect. Right. If, yeah. if I just spout out, you know, didactical or educational or intellectual information, uh, eyes go close, you know, ears shut off. It's, it's not going to work. But the more I can tell a story about, Hey, this lady, she was scheduled for a knee replacement. She started doing this breathing and calming her nervous system down two weeks later. Yeah. She canceled her surgery. How does that happen? Or, you know, this naturopath, totally natural. He ACL tear didn't want to do surgery. Five weeks later, he's walking normally. Eight weeks later, he was playing tennis again. Like that's what people are like, okay. Oh, I know someone who's like, I'm like that. Mm -hmm. I I wonder if I could do this. And so you start to put that hope in someone's, in someone's psyche that, okay, maybe I can do this on my own with some guidance. Yes. I love that. Wow. Um, And tell us a little bit about your marketing now that we're talking. So obviously you mentioned that you have a Facebook group and you have an email list. How are you currently actually getting people to join your Facebook group or to join your email list? What are some of the main strategies that you use? The biggest one is speaking, literally speaking on podcasts, speaking, um, doing Instagram lives with different people, even my own Instagram lives, Mm. um, speaking at mastermind events, really reaching out and even occasionally if someone gives me a testimonial, I post that on all the social media. Mm-hmm. So all of those methods really do bring attention. And one thing that I find really powerful is I like to give out my email address. Mm. So people can reach out to me. We have a little chat one-on-one. Yeah. That is really powerful because my business is about relationships. Yes. And if I can connect with someone one-on-one, even if they don't use my services, even if I just give them, hey, here's some free videos, go off, do this on your own they're much better. So they're going to be more pleasant with the people in their world. They may refer someone else to me and say, Hey, I just got some free resources. Go check out Amy. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And you mentioned, you know, speaking on stages and that that's a big way. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners on here would love to be able to also utilize that strategy. But a lot of times, and this is what I hear, you know, the thing that holds them back is like, again, who am I to do this? I'm, you know, I'm this nobody. Um, so can you talk us through how you, A, managed to get through that yourself from a mindset perspective, but also tactically, how did you actually, how did you get yourself the opportunities to come onto these stage, these types of stages? Yeah. So it started with, I, I went to paid events. Hmm. I went to paid investment events and I showed up and I just started meeting people. And if someone said, Hey, what are you doing? Like, for instance, I read rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki's book. Um, two months late, a couple months later, I went to an event where he was part of the event for a week and they were offering a book signing. And I said, I thanked him for his book and I thanked him for his autograph. And I said, you know, it really changed my mind. It encouraged me to start my own business. And he said, well, what do you do? And I told him that I help people get out of pain, calming their nervous system down. He said, well, can you help me? And I said, sure. And he's like, okay, I'll find you. Next night, he came up to my dinner table where I was sitting with a whole bunch of people. And he said, when are you going to help me? I said, anytime you want. He said, okay, what about right now? I said, sure, it's nine o'clock at night, but let's go off to a corner. I'll help you. And and I did. I said yes to the right opportunities. I I during the book signing, I didn't have to go get his book signed, but I decided to, you know what, I'm gonna go do it. 
yes. even though I already had one of his books. I bought another one and I said, okay, I'm going to get this signed. Yeah. I just took that leap of faith and said, instead of playing in my head and staying there, I'm just going to take action. Yes. He doesn't know who I am. It may not turn out to anything. I've gotten plenty of autographs from other authors, well-known authors, and it didn't turn out to anything. But for some reason, there was a connection between us and he felt I was authentic. Mm. And that led to changing my life as well as his. But it it resulted in a beneficial relationship. Mm. And so when I go back and I reflect on those moments, I stopped my brain from talking to itself. I stopped whatever creation I had in my head that led me to hesitate. I just said, nope, blank slate going forward. And it takes practice. But really, if you want to change your life, you have to take action. And sometimes it means paying up front. It means going to events, paying $800 for event. This, the summit that I went on, it was seven, eight, $9,000 that I didn't have. Wow. I took that leap of faith and it let me, led me to meeting Robert Kiyosaki. And then after that, Kyle Wilson, who was partners with Jim Rohn. And so I started speaking at his masterminds, all from the seven or $8,000 I spent to go to that seminar. It was a lot of money, trust me. A lot of money for me at the time when... I was making just a couple hundred dollars a week. Yeah. Wow. I invested in myself and the rest had to come or just was luckily came. Yeah. And wow. Again, so many gems in in that story that you just told, because I cannot agree with more around like, and again, things that I'm practicing, like how do I just tell, like stop myself from again, telling myself the same stories over and over again, like you can't afford this or you're not good enough. Oh, like who are you to, you know, try to introduce yourself to this person? Like these are stories that so many of us battle with. Um, And you're right. Like sometimes we just have to say no. (laughs) We have to say no to ourselves and, and, you know, have different thoughts um, because with those different thoughts, they will lead us down a different path, which opens up all of these opportunities like it did for you. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so now let's talk about where your business is headed. Uh, where do you actually see yourself investing for growth over the next year? Sure. So next thing I'm working on a big project is I'm working on developing a course. So I already have the course outline. I'll be working on production of it. So that way I can teach people the basics of this nervous system calming effect, and it will help me reach a wider audience. So basically a way to scale. I guess, you know, time for money. I have to eventually get out of that. So I work on scaling and that way I can help people. And then after that, the next step would be finishing up a book. I'm halfway through writing that. Mm -hmm. And then even beyond that is creating a certification program. So other people who want to begin to learn the process of how to help people in this manner, because there are a lot of people that will um, prefer working on Zoom, people internationally. There are some people that prefer seeing someone in person. I can't be in all those places at once. So this can provide me a way to help as many people as possible by teaching others. Yeah. And I guess on that, because, you know, it's mentioned, it's interesting that you mentioned scale, obviously a lot of entrepreneurs as well are looking to scale. So do you have um, team members and if so, how many and, and what do they do? So I have a bookkeeper, I have an accountant, I have an attorney, I have some of the auxiliary positions mm-hmm. of different tasks that 
could I do them? Yes, but I'm not going to. I'm going to have other people do them. And so I'm soon to be hiring a virtual assistant to help me as well for social media, different aspects like that, that I've kind of done on my own. And now I'm kind of branching out into, okay, let's work on the development and work on the business, have other people work in the business, but I'll still have my one-on-one time with clients and I'll still be doing the presentations. Yes. Amazing. That's, that's so super cool. Um, because it's always helpful. I, I think we, we get asked this question a lot, which is, you know, where should I start with when hiring someone? And, and also there's this, um, I guess, this belief that, you, you know, so you have to be successful, whatever that means, successful yes. before you can actually, <laughs> you know, hire people. So, um, so thank you for sharing, you know, kind of your, how you've kind of thought through with that and, and who you actually, you've, you've hired first. Um, so this has been so super helpful for everyone listening to this. If anyone is interested in seeing what you have to offer, where is the best place for them to go? So they can go to my website, pabrinstitute.com, P-A-B-R institute.com. But as I mentioned earlier, shoot me an email, amy, A-M-Y at pabrinstitute.com. Tell me what your needs are. If you need just some free resources, how can I help you? Or if you want to jump on a call, we connect. I love doing that with people and I make the time. Amazing. All right, you guys, well, you heard that, heard heard all of the links, but we will also share them in the show notes too. Uh, so thank you so much, Amy. This has been such an awesome interview. I've loved chatting to you. Uh, and I hope that everyone else loved this interview as well. And if you did, please leave us a review, leave us a rating, share it with all your friends, subscribe to this podcast, uh, and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks, Amy. Sounds great. Thank you. Bye. Shen here. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, go to our website, djshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at Deidre Shen. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.